This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey, Penny Dreadful fans, welcome into the AfterBuzzTV.com after show for Penny Dreadful. We are recapping glorious horrors today. I am Bobby DeMiro, Marissa Serafini next to me across the table. Sarah Stratton, Roxy Stryer. Hello, hello. Ladies, how are y'all doing today? All right. Great. Wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Most well, glorious, so I would say. <laughs> Game of Thrones and Penny Dreadful. I am drained. Yeah. Emotionally <laughs> I don't even want to know. I don't uh, watch Game of Thrones, so I'm missing out on that. Um, hey, we hope you guys are doing great at home uh, this evening or whenever you're watching this this week. If you have not already, hit subscribe on YouTube and iTunes like we tell you to always do. We love your comments. We love your live streams. We're live streaming right now, so if you are watching this live, if you want to get in that chat box next to the video on YouTube. Send us comments. Marissa's looking at everything you write. And we got something else cool for you guys before we get started. Podcast1.com. We are running a survey over there. So if you guys want to review us over there, we know you comment and tweet a lot, but if you want to review us over there, let us know how you're doing. Let us know who you like, Roxy Stryer. Let us know who you hate, probably me. Um, (laughs) But it'll take about three minutes of your time. So if you do have a chance, if you want to do it, we want to know about this. And really every after show that AfterBuzz does. So if you watch a lot of them, podcast1.com. All right, ladies, let's start at the end for Gladys. We saw her Mm -hmm. die last week. We saw her slit her own throat. We see the reaction to that with the maid walking in. Uh, The maid had a bigger reaction than Sir Malcolm. I was like, are you channeling Sir Malcolm's reaction? You're so chipper about that. I, 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 you know, she wasn't like a super important character, and I think I should shave my beard. That's all I'm saying. I didn't feel that bad about her death last week. There was something about the top of this episode and just watching the maid find her the most dead you could possibly be in the corner. That it kind of got to me. I was feeling for Gladys at that moment. I was like, I don't even think I know that much about this character, and I really miss her now. It was weird. Well, well I think it's sad that Gladys, her demise was so untimely and unfortunate the way she went down, and the fact that she died alone, and to have someone just as the maid 
find her. I mean, it, overall, it's really sad. Yeah. So much pity. Like, it, uh... Yeah. But the maid had the reaction that everyone should have had. Well, I mean, the maid, not everybody didn't find her. Right. I don't think true. they would have screamed. That's but they would have been shocked, At right? least she had a reaction. Yeah. Right, yeah. I agree with that. Although we can't really blame Malcolm right now because uh, the, he's clearly under the influence. Under oh, the yeah. influence of... Let's talk about that. Because what do we make of his non-reaction? Is it some Madame Cully Evelyn Poole spell or something? I think how she said it is the only way we can put it. Mm-hmm. He, it's something. He's under uninfluence. It's either love or witchcraft or a combination of both. I'm, I'm not exactly positive what. Uh, when I say that, obviously, I'm not talking about a substance. He's not abusing alcohol or something. He's under some influence that he is not meaning to be under, that he's not willingly under. Um, otherwise, I mean, if he's not, then I'm baffled by this reaction. But everything that they are showing us, and especially what's hitting at home, is in Bene's line about him when he's like, this is not him, and everybody questions it, and he's, when Zimbabwe says something, I'm like, alright, his word is bond. And it's not just once, he said it twice, and we, we were saying while watching that Zimbabwe is a man of little words, and the fact that he said the same line twice right. says so much more than what it was. Remember, though, he, Sir Malcolm, he asked for a divorce in season one from Gladys, and she said no. She came up and said, absolutely not. Do you guys remember that scene? Yes. yes. If you're going where I think it is, though, that doesn't matter. Uh, I'm not saying that it would make him not feel anything for her, but he does, and he wasn't burdened by her in the first place, but he certainly doesn't feel a whole lot. It's weird that he's chipper, almost, but it's Mm -hmm. not like I would expect him to break down crying. I'm not saying break down crying, but this is someone he already has a lot of guilt around. He has. We have seen him feel guilty about his children and their demise and how that relates to Gladys. Her committing suicide with his razor would make him feel not willing to go to a ball with a new date on right. his arm. Yeah. And didn't we see him earlier this season discussing with her potentially moving back in together when they were sitting at the the cemetery? And he said, um, come back to, you should come to London or I should come back home. And she put the kibosh on that. I think that he he does feel something for her. I'm not saying that he's in love with her, but some sort of love. Absolutely. It's the mother of his two children. Who are also both dead. Right. Yeah. So if anything, if he doesn't even have that romantic love for her anymore, there's the responsibility and the guilt tying him to her. So what do we make of the influence? Is anybody ready to call it, or do we just wait and see? Is it love or... It's not Supernatural. Love. It's not love. I th- I th- or lust, you know what I'm saying, yeah. whatever the interest is. I think it might be a mix because some a man or, or a woman, not, not just, you know, sex, but I think it's just someone who is emotional and tied that way and then also on the aftermath of having sex and in the physical relationship with this woman. And then the audience also sees the fetish of his doll. So... I think as viewers, we're led to believe that he's already under the influence of something and he didn't have the reaction that he should have had. I think it has nothing to do with his natural state's feeling for Madame Kali. It's 100% about the fact that he's under voodoo right now. She has taken his... Yes, he slept with her before she took his hair, but she had already pricked him. She's taken him. She's made this voodoo doll. She's using it against him. She says he's going to have a really rough day She's controlling him somehow, some way. I'm not exactly sure. We talked about this last week. The prick. Did she 
put something in him? Did she take it out? Did she do a little bit of both? What does she have him under? I don't know, but it has to do with her. And if that's me calling it, then that's me calling okay. it. But yeah, it's that's not being too specific. No, it's it's the trap. She laid a trap. The lust was she in a lustful way was the bait, and now she has lured him in, been able to poison him in some way, and will now be able to use him. I agree. And obscure, it's a solid plan. Yeah. And obscure, obscure media in the YouTube chat says Sir Malcolm was humming the same tune Evelyn was in Bloodbath in the first episode. Oh, interesting. No kidding. That, that song. Yeah. Good catch. Um, I think I had that in my notes somewhere, too. Well, I guess... Try and take credit for the <laughs> chat, Marissa. I called out Obscure Media. Thank you, Obscure Media. <laughs> I guess we'll see about Sir Malcolm. That is part one of our three-part The Day After Sex, as we saw it at the start of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, part two of that is Victor and Lily. And her offering to make him eggs. Why are you smiling so much? I love them. <laughs> I just do. Honestly, uh, them waking up, there was something about it that was incredibly sad and also endearing and beautiful. I, I said this to you guys out loud. He reminds me of Kurt Cobain. I and Every time he's on screen, I'm so nervous it's going to be the last time we see him. I, also a tragic end. Yeah, absolutely. I I love him. I love his interaction with Lily. It's going to come to a screeching halt at some point because she's clearly figuring things out quicker than I thought she was going to. But for now, I'm a little bit satisfied. You lost me at Kurt Cobain, mm. to be honest. I don't get she that. She lost me at, I'm so happy with this relationship. <laughs> I know, I know, it's sick and twisted, I know. Like, I, I really like Victor Frankenstein, and it's very strange to me that I like him so much that this relationship isn't making me hate his character. Mm. I can solely say that I do not like their relationship at all. I don't want it to work. I think it's based on false pretenses. I think that... He stole her from one of his best friends. I'm not talking about um, Mr. Claire. I'm talking about Ethan. Mm-hmm. Well, Ethan that's not fair. She was, stole her. She was dead. Yeah. He killed her with a pillow. She was dying. Her body. Sarah, really she was going to die. Something else. Don't care. She had consumption. Don't he did care. not steal her. Yeah, I think he stole her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's a human, or was a human, not a commodity. I agree with the and false pretenses. I wouldn't say steal. I would say swept in afterwards. <laughs> I would say steal. Mm. Am I, I the am I the only one like, here? He in, picked up the mess in this realm of you know in the relationship realm for Victor. I just feel pity for him. He's kind of I don't want to say loser, but you, you know he's the virgin was the virgin. He's all this stuff he can't get. Did with. we establish that he was a virgin? I thought we yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, at least he's called out for being a virgin by Vanessa when she's going through one of her episodes, and all the other things she said were true. So we're under the assumption yeah. that that was true. But I did love the interaction that Vanessa and and Victor had talking about this. He's wearing a flower, and he kind of is acting a little bit different, and knowing and. Even Victor said the, the certain line, just like everyone else. And we know Victor, growing up, he was always different on some level. He never fit in. And the fact that Lily is making him feel like a man, making him feel like he's part of something, and more normal in a way, I've, I found it endearing, somewhat sad, but still endearing. I don't even know if that's true, though, because I, I agree with you that I, fo- I found the relationship endearing. But I think something that you certainly need to, or we all certainly need to look out for, is the fact that, yes, he says he's happy and he's saying all these things. Look at his face. 
Look at the red under his eyes. Look how much worse it's getting. We're not seeing him like we did last season, shoot up heroin all of the time, but I know it's happening. We have to know it's happening. You look, read between the lines in his face. I think that he's out of it, completely out of it all of the time. That's why it's so sad. Not even just because of this Lily thing, but because he's a a helpless person right now. He doesn't know where to turn, and he's finding the one thing that he considers to be a light. It's really, really sad, so I at least want that bit of a light for him, even though it is under false pretenses, and even though it's completely messed up to Lily. It is, it is. For her, I feel kind of bad. Yeah, (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) She she doesn't know. She doesn't know what's up yet. (laughs) Um, they will come back in our ball. Before we get to the ball, I guess let's introduce the ball with our third couple, rehashing sex the morning after. Mm-hmm. That is Angelique and Dorian. Uh, great quote from Dorian. We will we celebrate the unusual and the world follows. Progressive man or fetish with the different and the freak and doesn't actually feel for Angelique? I do think he feels for Angelique. I think that this conversation came on a little strong. Yeah. It was like, nope, you're coming out. I'm throwing a ball and you are you are coming out. Um, which, I mean, she seemed excited by it first, so then you have to be like, I'm, I'm okay with that because that is her reaction. Uh, but it was, a, it was a little strong. She thought that it would be public to go shopping somewhere, and then all of a sudden the two of them are prancing down the hallway at the ball. I mean, I I said this last week again, but I feel really bad for Angelique because I think she feels for him more than he will eventually for her. I think that he cares about her as a human. I think that he respects her. I think that he's intrigued. But I think that he's intrigued by so many people, and we see that tonight at the ball, which we'll get to. She's going to get really hurt in this situation. I we are yes. yeah we saw that at yeah. the ball you were right but, we could see it in her face right when Dorian met or re met Brona when Dorian met Lily you could tell with her almost as much as you could tell with Victor mm-hmm. so she's not I mean she's not aloof to any of this stuff in combination with her, sort of being forced to come out was a little uncomfortable and she seemed okay with it and of everybody at the ball she didn't have you know an issue with that so right. I don't know if anything will come of it. But that is a little uncomfortable, and I think Dorian almost pushes the realm with everything he's in until he gets bored, right? Isn't that the thing? Mm-hmm. And then he pushes the realm with the next person and the next person, and it's it's a matter of time. It's not even until he gets bored. It's until something new comes along, yeah. which is what kind of just happened. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I think we should get to the ball. Uh, let me tell you. Let me ask you a question, Roxy. Oh, for me. <laughs> Only for you. Okay. Do you like to dance? I love to dance. I can't do this kind of ball dancing, though, but I love to dance. What kind of dancing can you do? Um, You know, kind of like the groovy. <laughs> oh, I really thought you were setting up like a you two are going to dance in front of everyone. Oh, oh we could. Well, we, we do could. have a dance We should area. make a video of it. We should, we should make a video of it. And actually, why don't we? Because, okay, here's the deal. There's this cool show, this new show you can apply to called Dance Battle America, ABC's newest competition special. I know, Roxy, you're going to apply. If you want to do it together, we can do that. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Maria Menounos. I think once or twice. Anything. She did this thing called After Buzz. <laughs> kind of rings a bell. Uh, Julianne Huff. 
Yeah. Dancing with the Stars. It's a show. Don't know if you've heard of it. So apparently, these two last couple holiday seasons have been doing some kind of dance battle on social media. Oh my gosh! It's been yes. really popular. It's gone everywhere. Completely viral. And completely I, I have a viral. feeling at least Marissa's been involved. I've been involved for a while since the beginning. Well, Marissa's actually an amazing dancer. <laughs> but like a real one. Yeah. Like a really good dancer. So here's no, here's where this all connects. You. Besides this ball, okay. So Kate Hudson, Amber Riley, a bunch of celebs join this thing Cara over time. Yeah. There you go. Um, and we have apparently got ourselves a little dance competition brewing that's a little bit bigger than this holiday dance-off. So, if you are out there at home, or if you're Roxy Stryer sitting at our desk tonight... I'm going to kick your butts. You can fly to L.A., or if you're Roxy and you're already here, you can drive to a studio. You can fly out to L.A. and compete on this dance show. Here's how you do it. It's a new dance show with Maria Menounos and Julianne Huff. It is DanceBattleAmericaCasting.com. This is on Network TV, ABC doing this. Woo-hoo. So this is the real deal. So this might be your big break, Roxy. I really might. Maybe I'll be noticed. <laughs> so I tell you what, you should put up a video as an example for everybody else. DanceBattleAmericaCasting.com Info on how to submit your video. You can also post it on social media using hashtag DanceBattleABC. You take the lead and we will follow. Only if you join me, Bobby. I will. Hashtag Team Bobby Roxy. What, what just happened? <laughs> what? Oh no! Oh no! Oh my God. Like, we we'll, could start dance battle right now. Let's see who wins that. We'll do it, we'll do it after the show. I'll film it. I'm down. <laughs> DanceBattleAmericaCasting.com. Hashtag DanceBattleABC for more info. And seriously, yeah. you maybe get the chance to come out to LA. And so. just to quickly add to that, check out Maria Menounos and Derek Huff and Julianne Huff's videos of past dance battle wars. They're awesome. If you need inspiration. The dance if you need inspiration. that would win, though, was the dance that we saw tonight. Because, oh, oh my dude. gosh, the colors, the beauty of it all. And the coordination gorgeous. amongst the entire... Yeah. Gorgeous. If you come up with that production design on your audition video, <laughs> you're in. <laughs> you deserve your own network show. Battle aside, you get yeah. your own show. I think it is incredible, though. It really was, despite the fact that Sarah and I had very strong opinions on one lady's dress. Okay, which lady's <laughs> dress? Let's have it out right now. Who wore it best? Who wore it worst? Fashion Police, Roxy, and Sarah, go. Who wore it worst? I think we're in complete agreement. Oh, it was so bad. One, two, three. Lily. Oh, my God. And the hair, and just like the make. Oh, she looked like a, a bat. Like a doll that I made when I was in preschool. I would take the dolls and I would repaint them and cl- dress them. Oh, it was so bad. Oh, it was horrible. So bad. I think that's the point, though, right? Were you into voodoo in preschool? Is that what I'm getting at? A little out of this? bit. Okay, cool. Uh, Until I, Ben Cottrell pulled all the Barbie head dolls off my dolls. You oh, knew somebody nothing. named my Ben Cottrell? Well, that's messed up. <laughs> And I just put him on blast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ben. We digress. He might have turned out to be a good guy. You um, don't still talk to him? No, no. Pulling heads off dolls was... Yeah, okay. it's a little creepy. Go ahead. Your turn. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like I'm, I'm with you on that. My dad show. and my cousins would pull them off and then switch them. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what it looked like. It looks like when you painted that. I mean, I think that has to be the point, though. They knew how horrible they were making her look in that moment. That remember, dress, who, right? remember who's dressing her. Right. Right. It just... Uh, also, I think they went pale and more natural color, more because she is more, in a way, assimilating in with the crowd. Yeah. I feel like, didn't she lose her innocence last episode? Mm. Is but best dress, I am actually thought I was going to be giving it to Vanessa. I think I'm going to Giving it to you. Angelique. Oh, no. Mm. Like Hecate. Mm. 
No. Hecate. No, I wasn't into Hecate. The coloring. And you liked it because it was a little more low cut. Not just that, but she's a babe, man. She's legit. She is, of course. I still, I would have to give it to Vanessa still. Yeah, I'd give it to Vanessa. Because when it's who wore it best, it isn't necessarily just about what they wore. It's about how they wear it. And I just think she rocks everything she wears. And I just have to point out to all the colors of every single dress, maybe not <laughs> Lily's, but how vivid it was and and how bright and I, I noticed the fact that Angelique and Vanessa's, they were the same color value but different colors and it kind of put them, not, I don't want to say on the same level, but in the same realm, in the same Ballpark. Ballpark, Ballpark definitely. They play a different game than the one Lily is playing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. It's a whole different... Well, I, I, I guess agree. Vanessa doesn't know the rules. Since, uh, since when? And let's be mm. honest, Angelique doesn't know them either if we're comparing those people. I feel as if Vanessa really doesn't know these rules right now, though. When she said that, I was like, listen, girl, you haven't been sensing much. And then all of a sudden the witches come and she senses that. But before that, she's again with the frickin' Lily situation, which is driving me up a wall. And she's talking to him. She's like, I can sense that you crush on your cousin. Oh, you can sense that? Oh, you see that? <laughs> what? What is happening? It, it's it's really it's bothersome. It's so annoying. Also, like when she felt the shudder, right, with the witches, but she was holding hands with Victor, right, and then but she she then shakes hands with Madame Kali, and we don't see anything more. Yes, we she do didn't recognize get- her, and she says, "Oh, from the séance." What? And it took her a minute, but also I think Vanessa recognizes supernatural things, not. On an ordinary level, whereas Lily would be a somewhat humanistic level, you know, and that's normal. That's not she's out so of the ordinary. She's supernatural. She's the undead. She was dead, and now she's alive. But also, if you go back to the first episode of this season, when the very first scene, we see Vanessa walking through that park, and she gets that shutter, and we see yeah. Evelyn on the side. And like she's she, so far away. she knows, so she knows away. evil presence. She can. Feel e- evil presence, and then when she got the shutter tonight, it was two seconds later. Evelyn came into the picture. I don't, li- I don't like it. I think, I think that she should be coming more aware and more on edge. And to me, it's just that they've kind of dismissed a lot of her powers. They're, they're sh- showing me more and more that Vanessa is the object of the devil. He right. wants her. I want to see Vanessa becoming more and more powerful, especially because they hint at it in their dialogue. They hint at will the will the fly be able to eat the spider? They hint at her being the most. They said some word that kind of was like pure. I can't remember. The yeah. more sacrosanct. Uh, yeah, was that it? But we're not seeing her powers grow. We're not seeing her become as aware as we know, like the cut wife was. I agree. And she's supposed to be the most powerful. I don't find it accurate. I don't find it believable. And it's bothering me. Yeah. I have to say, I've read every single comment on YouTube about this. I've read so many blogs and tweets and whatnot. And 50% of the people seem to agree. And 50% of the people seem to disagree. Especially when it comes to Vanessa and Lily and what happened there. The people who disagree with how strongly we feel about this say that because she started fresh, because this was a new life... That is the reason why Vanessa can't sense her. I think that that is... I don't think that you guys are crap, but I think that's a crap reason. I don't understand how that could be true. She can sense 
supernatural things, and she just is supposed to be the be all end all of this. Wait a second, but, but we're and not she's even the person who's met this person. Well, exactly, before, we're right. not even talking about sense at this point with Vanessa and Lily. We're talking about interaction. Right. They're, Vanessa's only met so many people. You only meet so many people in this realm in London at but this time saying, in this society. They're saying she only met her for five minutes, though, and I'm saying even if she only met her for five minutes, she would remember her, and even if she didn't, then she would get her spidey senses. Like, come on, it's Vanessa. I think that we're selling her short to say otherwise. Well, what about Dorian, Dorian. Gray? Great, great segue, Sarah. <laughs> but I'm yeah. glad that Dorian had that hint of yes, I recognize this woman. Oh, it was more than a hint. It was like it yeah. felt like three minutes to me before he said something. I was like, "What's he going to do? What's he going to do?" But What's at he least he do? had the recognition yeah. that he has interacted with this woman. Yeah. But it was more of like, "I feel like I've known you in another life," and I was like. No, just knows. say. But you also, knew you had no. Ago. Also, you had to remember, Dorian interacts with a lot of different people. Oh no, he knew exactly. He where knew. He, he knew was playing. Yeah, yeah, he was playing yeah. a game. This is my For problem. Sure. I, I agree that this was the lesser of two evils. So there was two options we could go: either Dorian would recognize her, or he wouldn't. Him not recognizing her would have made me a Roxy-shaped hole in that wall right there. (laughs) Him recognizing her just undermines Vanessa's powers again because he's able to recognize her, but she isn't. No, she didn't sleep with him the same way he did, but... Like now, I'm before I was like, was there some cloak? Is she looking way more different than we even see? No. Him recognizing her means that Vanessa is clearly, clearly not as powerful as I was thinking she was. I agree. I was upset that Vanessa still didn't get it, especially when those three were together for the second time. Because the first time they met, they were all at the Grand Mm Gnoll meeting. And then the second time they didn't. And Vanessa still didn't pick it up, which Mm -hmm. was still frustrating. Yep. So frustrating. I agree. And that's why our friend Ethan should have been there, because he would have been a straight shooter and been like, Hey, by the way, hi, Brona, how are you? Mm-hmm. We used to be lovers and friends. Well, <laughs> and lovers. Also, that that component was going through my mind for a lot of this ball scene, because instead we were seeing the uh, struggle over, like, Bron- uh, dancing with Lily <laughs> between Dorian and Victor. No, and Victor. And I, the whole time that was happening, we're kind of seeing this tension grow, and of course there's also tension with Angelique. The whole time I was thinking... Well, we could really end this conversation and Ethan can walk in right. and then it's going to be a whole different story. So I wasn't even tied into the tension building between Victor and Dorian and Lily because I was kind of like, well, this really doesn't matter because guess what? None of this is going to matter as soon as Ethan finds out. Unfortunately, because this was on a Friday that had a full moon, Ethan would not have walked in. Well, he would have barreled it. So <laughs> that would have been a whole different story. We're relying heavily on coincidence. That's because true. Mm-hmm. this is, of course, on the Friday of the full moon. Just, you know, like, similar. Like, the doctor had to be there when he delivered invitations so that this whole thing could happen. Well, we hear there's no such thing as coincidence. Science, Sarah. Right, right. Victor taught me that. Complications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things I have learned. <laughs> <laughs> what, to get to the ball... What do you make of Lyle, both before the ball and at it? I guess let's start with his scene with Evelyn Poole, with yeah. Madame Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously struggling both ways. He's, he he feels something for you know Team Vanessa, Team Malcolm. He likes those guys a lot. He's obviously hiding secrets from them, uh, a, a big-ass secret. Um, what do we make of him in this situation? Is he a weak link, or is he playing both sides against the middle? 
I was just surprised this was the first time we saw him because they just came after him. He was at the house and they tried to kill everybody. I'm surprised that he didn't say something like, I did not sign up for this. You guys almost took my life. Maybe they did have that conversation and we just didn't see it, but I was surprised this was the first interaction. That being said, to answer your question, I think he's very torn. I think he didn't expect to like Vanessa the way he does and he, he's realizing he's a pawn in Madame Kali's game and he's got to be smarter about this. Well, uh, Also to add to that, I think it's just he knows he's in too deep and the fact that you said that they just attacked him, yeah, because any if he still isn't allies with him, uh, with them they would still kill him. So I think he's playing both sides just for his own mere survival. I wouldn't say he's playing both sides, I'd say he's playing three sides. He's also starting to talk to Hecate. Mm -hmm. And that is another window or opportunity that he, which is ironic to me because Hecate was one of the people who said she didn't trust Lyle. What was that, three episodes ago? But now she's, to me, revealing that she is at odds with her mother. At some on some level, on top of that, don't understand why uh, Madame Kali decided to spill some sort of turning from God story to Lyle. Right? Where what possessed her to tell him this monologue? I do not know, unless it was a lie. Yeah, I I think it's interesting how Evelyn did pour out her soul, but I think it just shows the audience that her and Vanessa are so similar that they both have issues with religion, with God, and this is the path that Hecate, uh, sorry, not Hecate, that Evelyn went down. Vanessa is still somewhat on the same path, but she still she isn't too far gone as much as Evelyn is. Yeah. It shows that they both struggled with their religion. You both make great points and honestly, going back to something that Sarah said for a second, when she did give him this monologue, I was thinking, well, now she's going to kill him. Because that's what she's done before. She tells these, we saw that with one of her, the other sisters. Mm -hmm. She tells this monologue about what's happened and then she kills you because you know too much. She spilled it. So I was like, oh man, I I really don't feel like we've gotten enough of Lyle. But I I think that is really smart observation on your part, Marissa, that they are way more similar than we're giving them credit for. It's like when somebody decides that pinnacle moment where you decide to turn good or bad and the way that Cutwife had said to her, Vanessa, I still don't know which way you're going to go. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that Vanessa it hasn't been determined yet. Good, uh, good reviews for Lyle in the chat. People like him. They say he is the king. Uh, interesting comment. Very simple comment from Cruel Ascension. Lyle is a good guy, just in a bad position. And that's the thing. He's out of options. He's played out to both sides. They don't know, respectively, that the other side hasn't played out. But he's in a really tight position with everything to lose and nothing to win because he's like the only one without any kind of power here. He's stuck between a rock and a hard place. He's the king of what? He's the king of just life. Oh, he, king of life. He gives king life to... That's how I interpret Not it. Not like the devil's king. No, 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 no. He's just like the, the, the fun is guy. He's just awesome. Plot twist. <laughs> Major plot twist. Um, I love him, though. I'm glad to see that I'm not alone, at least on Lyle. Absolutely. Uh, He's interesting. And that beard, man. I would keep him on just for that. And that hair, the part, yeah. but then also the... Yeah. Yeah. But also, yeah. yeah. But also to add to Lyle that he still there's still good in him. The fact that he's looking out for Vanessa and actually genuinely cares about her to the point where he's like, No, I will escort you out because these people are going to attack you. And look, there's, there's not a damn thing he would have done walking her home. He has no power. He's not you know, come on, what do you think it's he's the gonna least do? He could but do. it's just the thought you yeah. can see how torn he is and the thought to say, Let me escort you home, whatever I gotta do. I don't think he's setting a trap for her, obviously. So he's clearly <laughs> 
you know, just trying to be a good guy with her, and that's all he knows to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What do you guys think she's going to feel when she wakes up that he was so certain that something was going to go wrong? Do you think she's going to start second-guessing him? Because it was right before she faints and all of that happens that he's like, something bad's going to happen, let's get you out of here. I think that the Vanessa we've seen lately is going to forget all about it and wake up and go, whoa, whoa, where am I? What was mm, going on? No, Who is this? Where am I? Is this a ball? <laughs> Huh. What's my name? That'd be Maybe even not that more bad, frustrating. I think yeah. because when the three women were closing in on her, she finally got the recognition of everybody's face, and she realized she can put two and two together, hopefully, that <laughs> these women are the nightcomers. Something from Nolan Va- Nolan Von Esch in the chat. I think that Lyle is trying to do what little he can to undermine Madame Kali, and I think that's a great point, too, is he doesn't he knows how capable Kali is, and he's trying to say, how can I help Vanessa without making it seem like I'm helping Vanessa? You know, he can say, if Hecate calls him on this after the ball next episode, he can say, oh, well, she said she was tired and I was trying to walk her home. You know, plausible deniability or whatever. Mm -hmm. He's trying to do whatever he can with them and then report back to Kali maybe and not tell them everything or try to glean what he can to protect her. It's a weird position for him to be in. I kind of like it, though. Mm. It's an interesting time period that we're in that Lyle, what is being held against him is these pictures of him presumably with other men. And were at this coming out party. I mean, some I, I don't know what exactly the perception would be of seeing these pictures with Lyle, but I feel like Angelique, uh, when we saw her at ping pong, really negative. When we see her at this party, seemingly positive. I would say it's not necessarily about the relationship or the orientation. It's more like what you have to lose. Mm-hmm. We don't know what Angelique has to lose. I know she alluded to family issues and stuff, so maybe she feels like nothing. She was, you know, effectively mm-hmm. prostituting. Right. Um, and what do you feel Lyle has to lose? Well, he's got a career. He's he's a he's an academic or whatever. I don't know. I would assume yeah. that he has more to lose than but Dorian, who's got nothing. I would say Lyle has more sense of himself than Angelique does. But his career is with Vanessa and them, and they don't care. I don't think any of them care. Who maybe, he sleeps maybe, with. maybe I'm just assuming, and it hasn't been exposed properly. But I would just—I think that Lyle's very well connected in London outside of this. I just get the feeling he's a very well connected society member and academic and all this library stuff. When he took Ethan down in there or whatever, and he would have a lot to lose in London. He's or, in a place honestly, of respect. It also, could have been just the trap. Like that was what originally got him tied in. And but now he's just in so deep. Yeah. I was thinking maybe the other person has something to lose, and he's we don't know who he's seeing or who he's talking to or who this other person is in these pictures. Maybe there's something big there. We have met them, but we don't know who they are. The, the moral of the story, Lyle, is don't get in too deep. Don't join a gang, kids. Right. You can't get out. Right, that's nope. true. That's yeah. true. He's gone too yeah. far. Yeah. Although I still feel like our our gang would forgive him if he just came clean. Oh, ours would. I was I talking feel like about. We the have gang. a lot of coming clean that needs the to night happen. Would just kill him. Episode seven. They need to have a, a campfire and this big sleepover <laughs> and just talk about it all. You know. Well, they do that a lot, actually. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They're all under one roof now. But, but can, can I just mention the the whole hallucination, whatever that was? I think that we have to. Vanessa was under bloody with, rain. With all the blood, that reminded me of Blade, mm. the first really? one, the very opening scene of Blade. With the whole rain, blood rain pouring down. Reminded me of a very, very disturbed singing in the rain. (laughs) How do you guys think they did that? How did they do that? It just was incredible looking. I was trying to think, like, do you think that it was 
that they used because people didn't look cold and I was guessing it would probably be olive oil because I know they do that or dyed olive oil with the red or was that a lot of sea jet? Like how? I don't know. I'd have to say that's very watered down colored. But it looked so thick very on well. her face. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I heard for like for close up for sure. That's production value. Yeah, that's true. It just, it looks so thick even falling down. It didn't look like water. It looks like Blood, like globs of blood pouring from the ceiling. That was the point. Welcome to Penny Dreadful. Yeah, Yeah. but there there was that long shot, the wide shot of everybody dancing and what they were. It was very red, blood, water ish. So I think for the wider shots, it was more liquid, liquefied, Mm. and then for the close up, it was thicker. I think we should be looking too at how story wise now, not just production, how. Vanessa notices this obviously is affected by this. No one else noticed. So it's clearly on some level a manifestation in her head. Mm-hmm. Right? And where yes. else have we seen this? That, in case mm-hmm. you're on iTunes, that was me uh, slicing my throat. <laughs> very, representing Gladys. Uh, yeah. Very insensitive of me towards Gladys. May she rest in peace. I'm, I'm sorry for her. God love her. She's doing fine, I think. Yeah, no, this is. This is. Uh, <laughs> this is. <laughs> is she? In the next life. She's doing fine in the next life. This is uh, this is a manifestation that's going on in her head that no one else sees. And so, how many more of these does she go through? How does she react to these with the whole voodoo thing now and whatever's going to happen? What can she remember? My my question is though, why blood rain compared to Gladys? We saw her with the guilt and the suffering of losing her two kids. But Vanessa's why this particular type of hallucination blood rain? What significance does this have? That Catholic guilt, feeling like everyone's blood is on her hands. Right. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that and also it's kind of threatening. It's about to rain blood. We're coming after everybody you love. The we've already seen Game of Thrones reference. <laughs> we've already Just, seen that. Sorry. My, my question wouldn't be how many more times is she going to go through this, but it's going to be how many times is she going to be able to acknowledge that it's a vision she's having? Because when these visions become a little more lifelike, is she going to be able to know what is reality and what is somebody else's voodooing her? Yeah, but why have Vanessa experienced these hallucinations in a room full in the public, whereas Gladys was isolated by herself? I was thinking that as well. Also, this reaction from Vanessa in public, I thought was pretty much the almost the calmest it Mm -hmm. could have been. Yeah. In the past, we have seen her go into, like, full demon voice, Mm -hmm. like, spine basically inverted in front of people and like pouring out people's secrets I mm-hmm. was expecting like utter terror screams, something because this can be passed off as oh, you know she didn't have enough water it was, she was so excited by the ball that she passed out versus like a woman screaming in the corner of a ball is a is so different yeah, absolutely I wonder why they did that and I obviously think it's a plot device for something moving forward. Um, she, This has got to be the most overwhelmed she's ever been. Watching all of this happen is very overwhelming, which is why I think that maybe we did get a different reaction. Uh, I don't know. I think she knew that it was real or fake or what. So overwhelmed and then just out. I, I get it. I think it kind of makes sense. I probably would have screamed bloody murder, but... Well, I don't know. I just feel like we've seen her... Like, think about her reaction to the cut wife being, like, burned alive. Mm-hmm. It was she, or when she stares, like, fate... When she got to stare, like, 
face to face with some of the creatures from last season. And she was just right next to them. And in this, I just, she didn't go mad to me. It was just this reaction that could be passed off in public. Do you think she's being desensitized? Um, I would almost think if she was being Maybe. I mean, maybe. I just fe- I just found the reaction surprising and almost like it was easy to handle and easy to use as a plot device as. Hmm. Versus it would have been a much different shot if she had just started screaming and we then had to deal with this whole party focusing in on her in that way versus right. on a woman fainting. No, oh, it's a, a really interesting point. Ask that question, Marissa. I just saw it, too. Yeah. Stormy4400 in the chat, he says, do you think... Madam Kelly knew this was going to happen, or did Hecate do it on her own? After all, she controls Vanessa's doll. It didn't just seem like Hecate. It looked like all three of the witches um, that were triangling on, in on her. So either Madame knew, or the three sisters are in something together. I think it's the daughters. I think the it's the daughters Antony. going against Evelyn, because we did hear the line that Vanessa is sacrosanct, but it actually means... Regarding too important uh, or valuable to be interfered with. So Vanessa ends hands off. That's because Evelyn said that. But the fact that these three girls were going after Vanessa. I will, though, I will say that um, we did hear like, when Evelyn got invited to the ball, she was the one who initiated it. And I feel like that openness that she knew her daughters were all coming. Mm-hmm. There was no like avoidance. So it's obvious. I think. If Hecate was going against Evelyn, it's going to be obvious what she did. Hmm. Right? Yeah, I I think maybe. um, What I'm thinking about more is the future now. If this was Hecate doing that, why was she trying to take out Vanessa? And uh, this goes back to something I said weeks ago. I think there's going to be some jealousy factors and who gets to be the wife and who gets to do all of this. Evelyn has clearly accepted that. Maybe Hecate hasn't. Maybe she's really trying to hurt Vanessa, which is clearly not what Madame is trying to do. Yeah, people in YouTube are saying it's a witch coup. Yeah, that Hecate's trying to hurt Evelyn, maybe, and say, Vanessa, who cares? If I can use Vanessa to further my end, you know, if it's a means to an end, great. Hecate's sight is on Evelyn. Right. And we're almost in the middle of a different rivalry now that, that it's like, whoa, this isn't our, our fight, but we might be involved in it. That is very interesting. Um... Other thoughts on the ball before we move on? Because there's a whole Ethan storyline and a little bit of John Clare. But, other than um, the fact visually But let's fantastic. wrap up the ball first. Yeah, visually phenomenal. Well, fantastic. for the ball, I think that if you had any love for the Lily Victor, at the end when he's like yelling at her, her in the corner about being an embarrassment, I was like, Victor! <laughs> That is rude, and you are the one being an embarrassment to manners. Like it's the only way she'll learn. Whoa! Mm. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I knew I was going to get that reaction. Um, no, I completely agree. That it hurt my little heart a bit okay. to, to watch that um, because what I like about what she does for him is that she makes him happy. What I don't like is when he turns into scary Victor. That might off himself or somebody else. Yeah, that's scary. Well, we were talking about that because I think it says more so about Victor and his insecurities and possessiveness um, that he's now experiencing because he's never technically owned someone or had someone to call his own. Yeah. Just don't think... uh, He stole her? He stole 
dollar from Ethan. And he's trying to treat her like property. Yeah. Well, it goes around, comes around. You get her sto- you steal her, you get her stolen. Didn't right? you know that's the only way us women learn? No? You guys never learned that? Jeez, Roxy. <laughs> so so crass. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You guys know. If any man ever did that to me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that an inside joke or something? You no, both did that. You both did the exact same thing. We just know each other no, pretty well. I just know what you do. Um, but also talking about the end result of the Boffert Dorian Angelique's relationship. Yeah. We do know that Angelique seemed wounded. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Especially rubbed in when the toast, there was that gleam of hope of she was going to get the final spot in the toast and it was stolen by Lily. Mm-hmm. A lot of theft going on. I wanted to play on that word. And then. At the end, we do get also the visual of the side of them, and not things didn't look so happy. Yeah, I'm telling you, she's gonna get hurt, and I think that Angelique's a really good person right now. So, uh, Dorian, don't stomp all over that heart. Yeah, he will. Is I his know. next is his next conquest, Lily, or or Brona Part Two, whatever. I think it's like I an think ego it's blow, snapping that- Lily back to who she was. I I think Dorian will be the kind of person no. You are Brona, not Lily. I just don't think he's going to be okay with her not remembering sleeping with him. Well, she yeah. she started to remember a lot. Not a just lot, but she started to remember... Being in the room. Yeah. They're yeah. not going to use Ethan for that. I mean, they're not going to use Dorian for that. They're going to use Ethan for mm-hmm. that. But so Dorian Hopefully. just establishes that Lily has Brona memories. Yes. Vague memories. Dorian establishes that this week. And then next week or whenever, Ethan comes around. They, they meet in some way. And boom, we're off to the races. We got a little Ethan Victor love rivalry. But I do have to say, Is I'm so glad they're finally writing Dorian into everybody else's story. Yep. Even if he has to throw a party. It only took six episodes, but he's finally with everyone else. I'm ready for a ball Even next week. Even if it's for one episode. I'm attending the next week's I don't ball. think we're getting any more balls. Mm. Except for in, se- in people's not court. This season. Like, well, metaphorically. I was going to make an awful joke, and I won't. Um, let's move on. Don't. Write it down and save it. Don't. Okay, everyone, what's let's, next? Let's move on to Ethan. Uh, there's a whole other story. The one guy who didn't go to the ball, who turned down Vanessa, Sadzies, oh, right? That was so sad. She asked him. He said no. I wish he said no because I made something up. Just, no, because yeah, I think I'm a werewolf no. and I need some benated test. No, no, that's why I said made something up. No, I'm sorry. I already have prior engagements. Uh, mm-hmm. I would love to go next time. Just no is so harsh. And I know that he's starting to feel for her. So it was just such a harsh no F you kind of. <laughs> well, it, it was just upset to see someone turning down Vanessa because yeah. who turns down Vanessa? No one. No one. Bobby well, does. A lot of people. <laughs> you, really? A lot of people. You did. Her. You said that you didn't want to see her for 45 minutes on camera. She was turned down. For full well, episode. Well, for 45 minutes, like, She was like, turned crying. down by Victor. She was turned down by Sir Malcolm. She was turned down by... When was she turned down by Victor? Save the first dance for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But... Yeah, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> Lots of yeah. layers of rejection. <laughs> Soft in the wound. That's true. Yeah, she she was even uh, turned down a little bit by Madame Kali. She asked her to come over to the house, and Madame says, in time. Mm-hmm. There was all kinds of shade going back and forth between the two of them in on time, that one. In time, in time. I thought I would back. I'm mature. That's how you heard it in your head. <laughs> exactly. So back to Ethan. So he turns down uh, Vanessa. we got to talk about him and Roper. Oh, my gosh. Roper. I'm sorry, but the whole time he was talking, I was like, I'm not intimidated by you. By Rope. 
Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sneak into your house and I'm gonna scalp people. I'm like, and he like made some reference to like he's like can't keep out the devil, and I'm like, you're right. But we're dealing with the devil, <laughs> and you are not this person. If Roper so only leave. knew, but if you only knew, buddy, you you don't want to wade into this. I gotta say, Roper is way more threatening than Rusk is. One hundred percent. I agree. <laughs> but it was uh, dealing with both of them tonight. If I was Ethan, I would just be like, "This is this is small. Well, I don't care. Like Roper, Rusk, whatever. I'm dealing with something so intense. Like, shoo, fly." <laughs> Ethan should bring Roper and Rusk to the house. Sit them down together and say, guys, I'm a werewolf. There are witches. We're dealing with the devil. I got a lot of crap going on. Can you two play with each other for a while? Just keep each other all busy. Actually, slowing me down. here. Can you deal with the witches? And we'll just go flee to the summer cottage. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. I I don't know. That's why I just have a hard time spending my energy listening to Roper come in and do this and then listening to Rusk be like, I know what you did last summer. Um, It's not really what he hey, said, listen but. for for just look out for twists. I mean, for a hell of a twist, look for Roper or Rusk to be the one that causes the problem, not Hecate, not mm-hmm. Evil and Pool. Look for Roper and Rusk. But again, they're gonna die. Yeah, for sure. But <laughs> they're, I mean, gonna die. they're not just gonna die with no fanfare. Something's gonna happen with at least one of those two guys. I just I find them annoying because we as audience we know it's it's the whole uh, dramatic irony that's going on right now that they're slowing us down to the point where why are you even there? Well, at least Roper is a plot device to letting us know what happened back in America. Yep. Rusk is not that. So uh, if we're going to have to spend time with one, let's go to the Roper. I guess Rusk will help us maybe open up more crimes or something. I'm trying to think of their purpose. I think there is purpose for both characters just right now. Uh, Yeah, the the Putneys I find purpose with. Uh, Mr. Putney, he's no good. He's bad Mm -hmm. eggs. Yeah. Is that interesting. What's the saying? A bad egg. A bad egg. He's a bad egg. You're not bad eggs multiple. You're just one. (laughs) One bad egg ruins the bunch. They could be bad eggs together. Uh, yeah, nice. he could I, be just a bad apple. I don't think she's as bad as he is because you remember oh. rotten apple. There you go. Remember early Someone. on when she speaks and he's like, "Quiet, woman." So I don't think the wife is as bad as the Mister. And Lavinia, not bad at all, though. No. Why was she scared of his hand, but not his face? She, Couldn't she feel his face was cold? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think she was, when she felt his face, it was concentrating on the shape and whatnot. When she felt his hand, she was looking for something else. Cold hands feel very different than a cold face, too. Like, whenever somebody has cold hands, it's, it's kind of alarming. I, I don't find that about a face as much. Do you do you touch a lot of faces? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, also, when Lavinia was touching the face, that was the first time being introduced to each other. Mm-hmm. I think it was just a more so acquaintance getting to know you. Now that they've established some type of friendship, platonic relationship going on, now it's even going even further. It's like, okay, what's going on here? There's something about you didn't know. What is this message about her still being frightened? What does that ring for you guys? Like, she's like... She's. What did she say? She's like. She says, "I know you're kind, something, but I'm still frightened. Why am I still frightened?" Mm-hmm. Well, she wasn't frightened the first time with Caliban. But uh, is it supposed to show us? Is. is that supposed to show us a larger picture with him? That while he has been on like a kind route, that we still need to recognize that he could snap. I think. I think it even 
even more broadly, and it's always his issue, it shows us that he'll always be the outsider. It doesn't matter what he does. People are still going to be put off by him. Mm-hmm. Whether it's frightened or whatever, he's always he's never going to be one of the people he wants to be. I didn't take it as much as foreshadowing, which now I could absolutely see where you got that. But I was looking at more what it meant about Lavinia and what she's able to feel and how she sees things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she's going to be a bigger player than I than I thought initially. I hope she is, and she obviously has to be a, a relationship of some kind with John Clare. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it's going to be love. I think we all thought that a couple weeks ago. Well, we know that they're clearing out the basement and that the intention is probably to have him be the freak show in the basement and I do not see her letting that happen. Nope. Even if it kills her. No, because Putney wants it. Because we even saw the silhouette of Putney standing there before the whole interaction of hands holding and being clammy and whatnot. So, like, he's there. He he witnessed all this going down, but still he didn't question it because he has a bigger objective going on. He's mm-hmm. trying to make some money. Yeah. Really, we just always need to trust in our one and only... She doesn't know who I'm talking about. Who? I tried to connect. <laughs> what? It failed. Zimbenek. Oh, Zimbenek. Oh, of course. Oh. I tried. I was still on Victor in my head as my one and only right now, so, you know... That's not the one we agree about. That's true. <laughs> Zimbabwe is the best. He's, he is totally our one and only. And he's going to save the day. Always. So Always. heat check, because we haven't asked this in a long time, is Zimbabwe your favorite character? Generally. I know there's a lot of different reasons for a lot of different things to have favorites. But is Zimbabwe the guy, every time he's on, you're like, yes, this guy. I know something good always comes from somebody, or something interesting always comes from him. We we know so little about him, but every interaction we learn just a little bit more. Um, I can't give him the title of favorite. Yeah, can't do that. <laughs> Vanessa, hello. <laughs> um, For sure. But I will give it a solid love when he is on camera. Love when he's around. Um, I trust Simbene. Hmm. Victor. It's still Victor. It's still Victor. <laughs> still Victor. <laughs> um, has my... F- I listen to him the most. If he says something, I believe it. I don't think that about any other character. So, he's like our, our uh, compass of truth. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Interesting. I don't know if he's our moral compass, because we don't really get to see that yet, but yeah. he's like our truth compass. He might be. We haven't seen the opposite yet. Uh, He's the most grounded out of everybody. He sure as heck stands by Ethan tonight. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, so far. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll see how that that second half of that goes. Um, Okay. No news and gossip today. One quick ratings thing, though, Marissa, if you want to knock it out. We had this question from a fan on Twitter today, how the ratings are for Penny Dreadful, and they are... Yeah, uh, they're they're still fairly positive. Uh, In the viewers for last week's episode that aired on May 31st, in million, if you go with that route, it was point seven one two. So that e- roughly equals around seven hundred twelve thousand thousand mm. in this viewers in America. This is not in, in America, yet. not worldwide. But you do have to remember this is on Showtime, right? And it's an increase, right? Yes, it's every episode has been increasing um, in viewership every week. So, do you know what the premiere was at? The premiere was point five seven five. Premiere was five hundred seventy five thousand. Series premiere. The series premiere. This premiere was significantly lower than the series premiere. I think oh, it was up mm-hmm. over a million. But 
this premiere for season two, they let out online a couple days early. Yes. So it could have affected right. their TV ratings. A week, uh, so, week and a half early, I yeah. think, actually. So they've been climbing back up since then. And this this is the first one this season that's over 700,000. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a 25% demo change, which hmm. is positive. But again, I mean, ratings on Showtime mean a little bit different than they mean on, you know, ESPN or MTV because it's a paid, you know, you're paying for the channel anyways. Absolutely. So it's a little bit different. But that we had the question, so good answer, and it's trending the right way. Uh, Ladies, predictions time. Don't start with me. I got one. And now, you're after Buzz I predict Roxy Stryer gets a very mean letter from Ben Cottrell at some point this week. <laughs> you remember his name. That's awesome. Because I feel like I've known somebody named Ben Cottrell, too. I have to look it up. Barbie Head Ripper? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure, because I played with Barbies a lot. Jack the Jack. Barbie Head Ripper. <laughs> ben the Barbie Head Ripper. Sarah, go ahead with your prediction. <laughs> Let's just keep it. Um, I will. Okay, so we did get to see a little uh, clip of what it seemed to look like Vanessa and Ethan kissing. If this is true, I think. <laughs> I think you know, kissing a moose. <laughs> what the hell is this? No. Is, is that how you kiss? Because I think you're doing it wrong. What the? Um, I remember doing that in like theater when I was like in elementary school. <laughs> you, you put, you like put your thumbs in the way so you don't actually kiss them. Yeah, like, no. yeah. So I was gonna go and do it there, but then I was like, that's too aggressive. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to talk about Vanessa and Ethan look like they kiss, which is something I think we've kind of been waiting for to happen. But I think that if we see it next week, then we are going to see it quickly followed up with him being reintroduced to Lily or reintroduced to Brona as Lily. Because I think it's going to be that build it up, build it up. We're so excited. Vanessa is invested. And then Lily's going to come back in the picture. And then my heart for Vanessa is going to break. But do you like think it. that matters? Because when Ethan signed on to being with Brona, he knew there was a sentence on it. And I felt like that he wanted to do something helpful, not that he was completely in love with her. Oh, I did feel like he loved her. Loved her. But I didn't feel like he was totally in love with her. I feel like... When he lost her, he was more in love with her than he is in love with Vanessa at this point. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Predictions are coming across in the live stream. Yeah. I'm just going to use some of them. Marissa, go. What's yours? I have a very bold one. Uh oh. I think because we see the the three women girls go against probably Evelyn's wishes, go after Vanessa. I think these wishes are going to turn on Evelyn, and maybe Hecate might kill Evelyn. Wow. That'd be fun. Wow. That would be fun. Very bold. Um, we're going to Cutwife's house, which means that what we don't know if it's still in there, the box, the book, all of the stuff that we don't know, I think that, mm-hmm. that will come back into play somehow. And also the securing the house and the things that she said she didn't know exactly where they are anymore. I think that's all going to come back up. It's all in the book. Some But she has to... Be willing to read the book. Hmm. Sembene, you guys. I think Sembene is the one who will counteract the voodoo because the voodoo is now very personal personal to him because it will start on Sir Malcolm. Right. And he's very loyal to Sir Malcolm. And I think we're going to find out that Sembene knows something, knows how to do something that we obviously didn't know. And we're going to start to see how powerful he is with the voodoo. Mm -hmm. Okay. I could see that. I could see that. 
Sarah approves. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you guys have predictions at home, as always, keep commenting on YouTube. You guys were amazing in the live stream tonight. Yes. We love hearing from you guys. Comment on YouTube if you're watching this, obviously, and it's not live. We check them all week. Comment on uh, iTunes. You can keep rating us. Remember, podcastone.com for the survey. Uh, all right, guys, social media. Roxy, do you tweet? I do. I tweet at Instagram. I periscope all from at Roxy Stryer. Sometimes she periscopes, and I think she's talking to me. So, like, I go around the corner, because I'm like, no, 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 I'm, like, I'm going to respond, and then I realize she's not talking to me. Special appearances by Sarah Stratton. That people on the internet are more important than me when I'm right there, and it makes me sad. What's it like being so close when one of you is an addict of the internet, and the other one just doesn't really use it? Well, you guys at home know because I tell her everything. I'm so look at our text message conversation. Just screenshots of me and people commenting things and me sending it to her. That's it what does. it's like. There you go. It's fascinating. Yeah, it Marissa. Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. And I'm on Twitter at Bobby D. Muro. We'll be back next Sunday. More Penny Dreadful. Thank you guys for tuning in and good night. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 